I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There is a place just for you. A place that embraces the promise of a warm spring night and a reminder to hurry home on a cool autumn evening. It is a place that exists above and below, where the surreal and sublime dance cheek to cheek. This is a place just for you to sit back and enjoy. Beautiful tales for the disenchanted. Our tale tonight is entitled The Ultimate, Chapter 30. Once Robert was alone, he couldn't let it go. One by one, his friends said the same thing as they left. While they all had different takes and contrasting theories, they all arrived at the same conclusion, that he shouldn't beat himself up over what happened. His intentions were good, but now it was time to report everything to the police. Greg was the first to leave and, unsurprisingly, had the most practical approach. When you get an opportunity to call the cops, he said, tell them we were having a little work gathering, this crazy guy broke in, and since the phone systems are down, you would have called, but you had no way of contacting anyone, so you tried to deal with it the best way possible. That's your best bet. They were standing out on the street a few houses down under the lamppost, illuminated by the soothing amber lights that Robert associated with nighttime in the suburbs. Greg had opened the door to his car and leaned on the roof from the driver's side while Robert stood with arms crossed, standing in the driveway to a neighbour's house. It was at this moment that Robert became cognizant of the fact that he had no idea who his neighbours were. In all the time he'd lived on the street, he'd kept his head down to such an extent that anybody could have knocked on his door, claimed they were his neighbours, and he would have automatically believed them. He wondered how much of his life had been lived with blinkers on. Yeah, you're right, that seems like the best way forward, said Robert. He was feeling impatient and foolish over the whole debacle. He just wanted to go to bed so he could stop thinking for a few hours. He looked at Greg and thought about his grown-up problems. I know we talked about it briefly today, but what's happening with the store, Robert said. Greg clicked his tongue and nodded, summing the information up in his head before replying. 
Who knows? These people have a language all of their own. None of them can be honest with me. All I know is there's another meeting and I'll deal with it from there. We'll deal with it, said Robert. Greg nods. Yes, we'll deal with it. How much are they asking? Too much. Robert walked over to the other side of the car and leant on the roof. Too much for me, he said. Too much, Greg replied. Sounds like a challenge. And what about Jill? We find out where she's at on Wednesday. I think Wednesday. Fingers crossed, right? Right, Robert said, feeling the word dry in his mouth and barely escape from his lips. What can you say that doesn't sound trite? You better get going, Robert said, walking around to Greg's side of the car. The two friends embraced with Robert patting the back of Greg's head. They pulled away and Greg slipped into the driver's seat, pulling his seatbelt across his pot-bellied frame. You going to be okay? Greg said with the door ajar. Robert smiled. I'm fine. I'll see you tomorrow. With that, Robert closed the door, but before he could walk away, Greg called to him one last time. Don't worry about tonight. You've got a lot on your mind. Tomorrow is a new day. Robert nodded a few times, thought about saying something, and instead waved and walked back to his home. Now he's in a taxi that idles behind a tram. They're both waiting for the lights to change. Inside, the taxi smells of strawberries, a scent that emanates from a little red tree that hangs from the rearview mirror. When he walked back into his house, he should have just stayed there. That would have been the sensible thing to do. Robert looks out the window and wonders about his actions. It's raining again. It always rains these days. It is more of a surprise when the rain stays away. On the street, plastic bags and leaves twirl together like lovers as the wind drives them down the middle of the road. Do you want me to turn right here? says the taxi driver. Robert watches as the tram in front crawls across the intersection before he responds. Yeah, then left onto Nicholson. Great, thanks, he says as the light quickly changes from green to orange. They turn right just before the light changes to red. Why were those kids you work with dressed in black, Wendy said, smoking a cigarette while she waited for a ride. Robert was back on the street keeping Wendy company. He put out his hand for the cigarette and Wendy complied. He took a long drag, tilted his head so it faced the sky and let the smoke out of his mouth, watching it desperately attempt to hold its form before dissipating into the night. I don't honestly know. I think they thought it was a good idea, he said, handing the cigarette over. Or maybe they just thought it was funny. I guess it was funny in the end. Sort of. Yeah, who knows? Weird night. It certainly was, says Robert. And we've had weird nights. Remember that night up in Brisbane, 97 I think, with the Gurge boys? Robert remembered that night well. That was fucking crazy, he said. We don't have fun like that anymore. No, I guess we don't. Wendy checked her phone and saw that her driver was just around the corner. She finished off her cigarette and put it out on the bottom of her shoe. Robert took the butt from her hand so he could put it in the bin when he walked back inside. Up the end of the street, a car tentatively turned in their direction and Wendy waved with her phone to get the driver's attention. A quick flash of the headlights let them know she'd been seen. I know you've had a lot on your mind, Wendy said, turning back to Robert, the wind picking up and blowing her hair about her face. Under the streetlights, she still looked like a rock star. I think this was a distraction for you, something to think about instead of the band stuff. I think you're probably right, said Robert as the car pulled up alongside them. Wendy walked over to the passenger side, punched Robert on the shoulder slightly harder than she intended. Oops, sorry. I'll have you on charges for that, Robert said, comically rubbing his punched shoulder. On what charges? Assault. Wendy blew a half-hearted raspberry in his direction as she lowered herself into the seat. You wish, she said. Anyway, I'm around. Robert watched as the car drove off, playing with the cigarette butt he held in his fingers and walked back inside his home. 
I'll get out here, thanks, mate, Robert says as they pull up across from the Melbourne Museum. He looks over at the building, the open courtyard bathed in light while the back is stained in darkness, blending perfectly into the park. There doesn't appear to be any lights amongst the trees. The only signs of life are the possums darting from one safe space to the next. Robert pays the driver and steps onto the pavement, dead leaves swirling and dancing around his feet. He waits for the taxi to leave and then waits for a solitary car to drive by on its way toward the city. He pulls up the collar on his coat and crosses. Why is he doing this? Just let it go. That's what everyone said. Just let it go. I have to be up early, Erica said as Robert dropped Wendy's cigarette bud in the bin. I have my dumbass cafe job to get to tomorrow. What time do you start? I have to be in at 6.30. In the morning? Yuck. Yuck, 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 she said. But it's a job and it's easy, I guess. Life should be easy or easier, don't you think? Robert agreed but didn't say anything. Erica picked up her bag and ducked into the lounge room where she said goodbye to the rest of the gang. She gave Alfred a scratch under his chin, his face leaning up and eyes closed tightly. Robert felt a wave of sadness as he looked at his cat, his beautiful old graying friend who looked like he totally missed everything that had occurred that evening. In that moment, he wondered how much longer he'd be in his life. Shaking off the thought, Robert walked outside, followed closely by Erica. They waited in silence for a driver to arrive. She leant on the fence and tried to read what was going on in Robert's mind. Do you feel like we've known each other for years, she said. It was a fair question. Taking into account that they had only met Tuesday and even then the memories of that particular evening remained shrouded in an alcoholic mist, it did feel like they'd known each other for a much longer time. It was exhausting to think about everything that had happened since then. Still, he marvelled at the way Erica and her sister had found a way into his inner sanctum. I think I've aged a hundred years in the time we've known each other, Robert said. He watched as her ride pulled up out the front of his home. I'll call you later. Try to get some sleep tonight, Erica said as she jumped into the car. Before she could close the door, Robert walked quickly to the car and leant on the door. Maybe at some point we should do something normal, really normal, he said. Maybe catch a movie or something. Erica nodded to herself, weighing up the options. He would have totally understood if she had replied with a thank you, but no thanks. It would have made a lot of sense to him. Yeah, let's be normal, she replied instead. I'll give you some tips on how to mingle with the masses. Erica closed the door and Robert watched as the car disappeared into the night. Now he's at the museum doing his best to hide in the shadows. He has no idea where he is going, but he knows he has to be here. He knows that this man, this guy who thinks he's from another universe, this crazy dude who believes that Robert might be more than he ever could have dreamed, he knows he'll be here. Robert has to see Kirk. He has to ask him some questions. Who is this Calliope he keeps mentioning? It isn't a name that he recognises, so why does it feel somehow familiar? Was he just looking for meaning when there really is none? Robert needs to know if there's something to all of this or discover it's just a dumb prank by a crazed fan. He feels weird, confused, angry, scared of what the answer might mean. Robert wipes the rain from his face and walks toward the entrance to the museum. He figures the best place to start is at the entrance. He was used to seeing skateboarders perfecting their tricks on the vast swath of concrete, but they'd been kept away by the awful weather. Nobody in their right mind would be here tonight. Up ahead, Robert sees a large figure in the dark. We're going to head off, Robbie, Anissa said as Robert entered his house for his final guests. Are you calling an Uber or taxi, Robert said to the group. Nah, we'll just walk down to Brunswick Street and sort it out from there. Are you sure? I'm happy to wait out the front with you. We're good, Kylie said. They picked up their various bags and jackets from around the lounge room. 
Man, that guy really believes what he's saying, Damien said. Yeah, totally, Carly said. For a nut job, he was very convincing. Imagine if what he said was true, though, said Damien. Everyone stopped talking and looked at Damien, who in turn shrugged his shoulders. I'm not saying I believed him, I'm just saying imagine if it was true. I felt sorry for him, said Anissa. Look at it from his viewpoint. He's trying to tell everyone he's not the person we think he is and nobody believes him. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It was really sad. I know, that's why I think I just wanted to see if I could help him, said Robert. Anyway, changing subject, you guys have to tell me. Why did you all dress the same? Anissa and Kylie looked at each other and giggled before pointing to Damien. I just thought it might be cool if we dressed up like the X-Men, you know, in the original movie. Then we arrived and we sort of noticed it was more of an Avengers sort of story than an X-Men, said Anissa. And who was I going to be in that scenario, said Robert. You're Tony Stark. After he snaps his fingers, said Kylie. All right, all right, get out of here, you disrespectful assholes, Robert said as he walked them to the front door. He walked back outside and it was at this moment he felt the wind picking up in intensity with the clouds making shifting patterns against the sky for a moment. Robert was convinced he could see faces peering down at him. "'What's happening this week?' Robert said to Damien. "'Just the usual, although we have the final for the comic competition,' Damien replied as he and Robert shook hands. "'We get everyone's issues this week, and then we go from there.' "'See you, Robbie,' Anissa said. She stooped slightly to give Robert a kiss on the chink. "'Think of tonight as a bonding experience.' "'Well, it was definitely something along those lines,' Robert said. "'If everyone viewed it that way, then maybe it wasn't a total loss.' And we got to spend more time with your girlfriend, said Kylie, patting Robert on the shoulder. She's not my girlfriend, said Robert. Yeah, 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 said Kylie as she joined the rest of the gang on the street. See you tomorrow. Or Tuesday, Damien said. I'll be around. Thanks for tonight, he said as he walked back inside. With everyone suddenly gone, the house felt cold and lonely. He'd never had that experience before. This was always his sanctuary. It was the place he could be safe, locked away with his thoughts. Now it felt like he was Steve McQueen in The Great Escape, thrown in the cooler, isolated from the rest of the world. How did he arrive at this moment in life? How many little decisions had he made that incrementally brought him to this point, alone in a house with just his old cat for company? In that moment, he had never felt more lost. Robert potted about, cleaning up the empty bottles and dirty glasses. He walked upstairs and looked from his balcony down the side of his home and wondered how Kirk had gotten up there in the first place. Maybe he just has massive calf muscles and jumped. That would be impressive. Maybe he flew. 
He chuckled to himself. Maybe this was a midlife crisis. A midlife crisis on infinite Earths, Robert said aloud. He immediately wished his comic book friends were still around so they could appreciate his nerdy quip. Back downstairs, Robert began to roll himself a joint and then decided against it. He had spent too much of his recent life in a haze. Time to see the world correctly, in high definition, for better or worse. He sighed and figured he should listen to his old album. He had to give Christy a response tomorrow and still hadn't made any effort to listen to even one song. Yet the prospect of listening to past triumphs only depressed him more. He just couldn't bring himself to do it. Should he just be honest with Christy, tell her he hadn't listened to any of it, but do a reunion anyway? It would make everyone else happy, it would earn them some money. Was he being selfish, not thinking of the rest of the band? If they needed money, it was the least he could do. It's not like he wasn't doing anything with his life anyway. He may as well go out on the road and embrace some purpose in the day. He finally sat on the lounge and looked about, not focusing on anything in particular, but just taking in all his stuff. His books, his records, his photos, his TV. This was what the inside of his head looked like, a stack of interests collecting dust. Once he was dead... All his treasure would be someone else's trash. G'day, Maudlin City, Robert said to himself in his empty house. He decided it was time to go to bed. Let it all go. He'd fucked up. It was better to go to sleep and everything would be immediately 50% better in the morning. Yet still he sat there, incapable of moving. He was alone, trapped with his thoughts. He thought of Kirk. Poor, crazy Kirk. Obviously one sandwich short of a picnic, but he did say things that resonated. How did he know he'd been dreaming of Athena? Robert wasn't even certain he knew that the warrior woman in his dream was Athena, but as soon as Kirk started talking about her, the name appeared in the forefront of his mind. It was just a coincidence. It had to be. There was something strange going on with all of this. Was Kirk someone from his past? That was a new thought. His real past, not his imagined superhero history Kirk kept banging on about. Then a new thought. Was he going to Melbourne Museum to steal a song? How would you do that? Robert sat motionless and thought about it all. He should let it go. He needed to let it go. But who was this Calliope he kept mentioning? He wished he could remember his dreams. Was she someone else from his dream? They could show him the way forward. Robert felt he had to know. He just had to. By the time he was on Brunswick Street hailing a cab, Robert knew this was an insane move. There was a distinct possibility that Kirk wasn't going to be at the museum. There were no facts he could embrace in this scenario. Yet... If he were being honest with himself, he knew this was bullshit. Kirk would be there. Of course he would be. And Robert had to go, had to see this through to the end. Now he's walking towards a figure masked by the shadows. Whoever it is, they appear to be on their knees. He knows who it is. Robert slows down, wanting to be certain before he says anything. A few extra steps and he feels his adrenaline spike. Robert was correct. He knew he would be. Kirk, says Robert. Kirk turns his head, his face cut in half by the sudden appearance of moonlight. Robert notices it has stopped raining. The Huntsman, Kirk says with a wry chuckle. Of course it's you. You're the only person who could ever sneak up on me. Robert inches closer to him. Kirk, are you okay? Robert looks to his right where the entrance for the museum is and sees the door wide open. He's too late. Kirk has obviously already broken in. There must be security around. It is time to take his mentally ill acquaintance away before this situation became more real. Look, says Kirk as he stands to his full height. 
He holds up two wooden objects in his hands, the carvings swirling around the wood that look like sandbars as viewed from a plane. Are they Aboriginal clapsticks? says Robert. Yes, they're Bilma, thousands of years old, the perfect hiding place for the song, says Kirk. He pauses before he speaks again. There appears to be something wrong. But do you want to hear something funny? It was too perfect. This place, it is so complicated. This isn't what we need. Robert stands at a comfortable distance. He needs to know what is going on, but he is also aware that if Kirk becomes violent, there's nobody around to save him. What do you mean? They're useless. These instruments don't contain the correct vibrations in their essence. They're close, but not quite right. I was certain these instruments would house the song we needed to take with us, but this, these are just instruments, I guess. Maybe this was the moment of reality Robert needed. Kirk, we should go. How do you even get into the museum? I use my powers, said Kirk. But they faded after my last exertion. I have to find rest somewhere, recharge. We're running out of time to find the song and then escape on Tuesday night. It's hard down here, old buddy. I can feel everything weighing me down. I can feel an awful narrative attaching, trying to trap me. You can feel it too. This place is so clever. We've never faced anything like this before. A sudden flash of lightning rips the night apart and Robert sees Kirk revealed in that electrifying light, his face full of worry, his self-confidence gone. A low rumble begins and peaks above, the thunder rolling, pinned between the earth and the clouds. Robert feels the hair on the back of his neck stand up. Something is going wrong. What is going on with this weather? It makes no sense. He looks back at Kirk, who stares at the clapping sticks. That has to be the first priority. He has to convince Kirk to either take them back where he found them or just leave them near the door where they'll be found easily. Then Robert will take him to the hospital. Any questions he wants to ask can wait. This is the new plan. Like most of Robert's plans of late, it immediately falls apart. What are you two up to? Robert wheels around and stares straight into a bright torchlight, his eyes blinded for a moment. He puts up his hand to shield his vision before another voice yells out, Keep your hands right there, fella. It's security or the police? Maybe both. This isn't good. Robert isn't even certain how many people surround them at this point. We're unarmed, says Robert. Do they even have guns? Robert had possibly seen too many movies, but the last thing he wants is for this to get further out of control. What can we do to make this easier? Down on your knees, the voice says from behind the light. Robert drops to his knees and looks at Kirk, who continues to stare at the clapsticks. Kirk, please, says Robert, but before he can finish his sentence, another flash of lightning dances across the sky. Thunder explodes overhead, biblical, doused in terror. Robert feels the fear. You, stop, another voice yells from the shadow. Robert looks behind him to see Kirk running away. Robert stands to run after him but feels hands and arms push him to the ground. A knee presses into his back and Robert yells in pain as something in his back pops. He begins to resist but has enough sense to know this will not end well for him. He's flipped onto his back and shoved to one side. Robert's vision is unable to keep up with the physicality of the situation. Don't hurt him! He's confused! Robert yells. He looks for Kirk but he's gone. He can hear men talking, but he's incapable of taking anything in. One of the men walks back to the group, holding the clapsticks in his hand. What's that? says one of the men. Don't know. Must have stolen them from in there. Another hand comes in under Robert's chin and lifts his face up, shining the torch into his eyes. Robert can taste blood in his mouth. Who are you, mate? Robert looks at the shapeless men in the dark and takes a second before he responds. Nobody. I'm nobody. Thank you for joining us. 
you're always welcome here. Remember to avoid danger with strangers and never accept advice from mice. We hope to see you again here soon. Until then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.